Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. The feeling of being welcomed hasn't changed. We want you to come and meet Jesus. We want to walk alongside you. We want to support you. We're constantly building and deepening our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is here and you can feel it. I see people come in to hope for the first time. They leave filled up and they say, God touched my heart here. And I don't know why, but I can't stop crying. The the mission of the church of reaching out to the world and to share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ, I saw that in my experience. And we became members. When I tell my story to friends out there in Des Moines, they're like, are you sure? Is there a church like that? I say, come and check it out. The Holy Spirit is, is, is drawing people here. There's something just deeper. And you can feel that at all the different places we've worshiped. I can't tell you that it hasn't been a little bit overwhelming when you're setting up in some of these places and you look at all the empty seats and think, oh man, (laughs) who's gonna come? I'm like, how are all these seats gonna get filled? The next day or later that day, you see the seats get filled up. Hope is worshiped in over 25 places over the last 25 years, so it's clearly not about the building, it's about the God we worship. There's no way to do something like this without God having his hand in it. The numbers, the, the lives change, the stories that you hear time and time again, it's, it's God doing his work and using hope, and so we should all be humbled and blessed to know that that's happening. It's exciting to think about what what's to come. It's amazing what it, you know, this church, this size does now, the, the Super Bowl program, the building houses. You have a critical mass of people doing good things. Pastor Mike asked for folks to volunteer to plant the uh, church in Enkeny. We raised up our hands, my family, we committed to uh, one year. Here is an opportunity for me to serve. Each one of the campuses feel like hope. When you walk in, you know that it's Ankeny, but you also know that it's Hope. In downtown Des Moines, you can feel that. And so I think that that's the reason why each one of the campuses are growing like they are, like what we have with our Hope Locals. And I can't wait to see those popping up throughout um, the U.S. and, you know, overseas, too. We started out as kind of a little neighborhood church, and I think God is challenging us to see that the neighborhood is way bigger than we ever, ever dreamed it could possibly be. He didn't just say the more. He didn't say Iowa. He said the world around us. This church will continue to blossom and continue to grow. God sees the heart of the church. When I was in elementary school, I remember thinking hope was just so big. Now I look back and go, wow, I never would have even thought it would have been this big. And that's what I think is going to happen in the future. People are going to look back and it's going to be like, remember in 2019 we thought hope was huge? I mean, little did we know it would be this big. Who knows where it'll be in 25 years? I'm willing to bet God will exceed our expectations on that one. I'm just saying this is the beginning. This is just the beginning. Lutheran Church of Hope is like a monster seed that is deep-rooted in God's world.
super good. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very exciting. You can praise God for that. That's a two-year-old video now. <laughs> uh, and it still kicks. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Jamie. I'm the Revive Young Adult Minister here at Hope's West Des Moines campus. And it is really good to be here. Um, as Jacob said kind of a couple moments ago, this is our first week back after Holy Week. We took a week off during Holy Week to be in the special Holy Week Maundy Thursday service in the worship center. The week before that, I was sick. I had the COVID. It finally got me. And I missed you guys. Uh, man, I, if there's a night to miss, it is not worship in the round, but I missed it. We're going to talk about that more in a second. Um, but I'm just so glad to be back, and I'm so glad that all of you are here. The video that you just saw was shot pre-Panini in 2019, and it, like, just, we had no idea what was about to come. And I don't mean to minimize a global pandemic by calling it a panini. I just feel like that's where I'm at with it now. <laughs> uh, um, and, and so that video was part of our 25th birthday celebration uh, party videos that we put together about what God had been doing here in this church for the the first 25 years of its life, and we had no idea what was about to come. But here's the thing, whether or not you've seen that video before, I love to show clips like that from that video here at Revive and um, at team meetings and things like that. Whether or not you've seen that before, let it just be new to you. Every time you see it as a good reminder of, oh my goodness, there are incredible things happening here. God is doing some really marvelous things, and we get to see that in a new way when we see where we're at now and what things were like in 2019. So a couple of the things that I wanted to highlight for you as we start this brand new series that I'm again going to talk about here in a moment called Heart of Hope. Um, I want right out of the gate for you to know whether you've been around for a while or if this is your very first time who we are as a church. Who we are as a church, what we live and breathe, and it's not because it's about us, it's because it's about Jesus. We want to make sure that you know Jesus. Um, as Pastor Caroline said it right at the very beginning of that video, she says, we want you to come meet Jesus. That's who, that's that's who and what we're about here at Lutheran Church of Hope. That's who and what we're about here at Revive, the young adult ministry. We want you to come and meet Jesus. And then Sally said a couple moments later, we're constantly building and deepening our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not constantly, well, we are constantly building like more places for people to gather um, in terms of like campuses or local sites, but it's not about that. That's really exciting and we love the growth that God is doing, but it's about Jesus. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about God. It's about the work of God in our lives and building and deepening that relationship. Um, it's not about the building. It's about the God we worship. And then as Eric said at the very end, Lutheran Church of Hope is like a mustard seed that is deep-rooted in God's word. If you've been around for a while, you know that this church was 12 people. Um, as Pastor Mike says, it was 12 people on a good day, and half of them had his last name and were forced to come. And then two more were the organist and the organist's wife. And so uh, we just didn't see this. We didn't see this when Lutheran Church of Hope was 25 um, years ago as 12 people. Uh, and so just, it's really cool to be a part of what God is doing here. So we're going to talk about that in this series, Heart of Hope. But before we get into that and we get into kind of the message, I feel like if that's the entree, we have some good appetizers. And I want to talk about some good appetizers here tonight. The first thing is um, I want to celebrate Worship in the Round that happened two weeks ago. How many of you were here for Worship in the Round or watched on the live stream? I watched on the live stream and I got to tell you, I was not expecting there to be like really cool camera. I knew that cameras were going to be here, but I didn't know they were going to be a part of the live stream. So I was constantly just wiping my jaw up off the floor. If you have not gotten a chance to watch the live stream, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it. It was incredible, was it not? It was so good. Yes. Praise God for that. 
I just want to take a moment and celebrate that we do this worship thing every single week, and I love it every single time that we gather here on Thursday nights. I love it every single time we gather here on weekends or whenever it is that we gather. There is something different when we have a little bit more worship music, when we have a little bit more opportunity to, to stop and to pause and to have the opportunity to pray, not just after service, but in in the service, embedded in the service, uh, there's something different that happens when we focus our eyes on worship. There's an alignment that happens with our hearts and our minds. Our Who we are gets a little bit more aligned with God's heart for us when we have moments like this to worship. It's not that that can't happen other times, but it just happens a little bit more. One of my favorite things to do in a, a worship in the round style thing is just to say, God, I am here do some open heart surgery. <laughs> and I just want you to come in and rearrange some of the things that I've got going on. And sometimes I don't even know what it is. I just know that I feel different when I leave. I know I feel refreshed. I know I feel renewed. I know I feel seen and special. And so it was really, it was just a really a special night, even for me watching on the live stream. And I know it looked really powerful for people in the room. And I want to tell you one story. There's several stories that I could share about worship in the round, but there's one story that I wanted to highlight. There's a guy named Brett in the box bottom right photo. Um, John Householder, who you saw at the very end of the video, brought a team of videographers from, they flew in from like North Carolina, they flew in from Florida, not only to film um, the worship in the round here on Thursday night, but also to film um, the worship night on Saturday night in the worship center. And these guys aren't all necessarily Jesus people. They're not necessarily interested in faith. And there was one of them who um, identifies more along the agnostic line. And I think he just didn't know what he was getting himself into with worship on the round, especially like, yeah, we're going to go film something at a church. Like, I think he just had a very different picture in his mind. And he was blown away. And he was so blown away based on Thursday night and based on the weekend worship night that he hasn't stopped asking questions about this Jesus guy. He hasn't stopped asking questions. He started, uh, he watched Easter. Yeah. He watched Easter on the live stream. And that is one of the reasons that we do what we do of pointing people to Jesus. And we like to have a lot of fun while we're doing it. We like to do it well. We, have, we strive for excellence, not because excellence is the bar, but because we believe that Jesus deserves our best. I also posted, because I really missed it when I was just at home. Wow coughing <laughs> uh, with the COVID. And, and I posted on a Revive Instagram story, hey, tell me about your experiences with worship in the round. And this, these are some things that people shared. Absolutely unbelievable. Bummed I missed. Never been. Are babies allowed? And I was like, yes, you can bring your baby. <laughs> so we might have some babies <laughs> show up. Uh, it was a really great night. We should do this more often, maybe once a month. I agree. However, shout out to our production and worship team that were here till 2 a.m. the night before setting up. So I don't know if they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God for them. I don't know if we can do that once a month, but we can sure do it as often as we can pull it off. Um, awesome and moving. It was an incredible experience. So good, much needed. It was so cool. Made me feel more comfortable and free in worship. I loved it. Goosebumps, joy, peace. A lot of people saying goosebumps. Uh, so just really, really cool. And I wanted to take a moment to celebrate that, um, to celebrate the things that God was doing in worship in the round. Then I also then want us to move to Holy Week. Um, Holy Week is that week leading up to Easter, the week between Palm Sunday, 
Sunday that goes through Monday Thursday, which remembers the last night of Jesus' earthly life. He washed his disciples' feet. He sweat drops of blood in the garden. He was betrayed by Judas. And then he was carried off and unfairly tried. And then the next day on Good Friday was crucified. And then uh, was in the tomb. And then we get to Easter. So just some really, really cool stories that came out of Holy Week that started with the Saturday night Hope Worship Night. How many of you are here in the Worship Center for Hope Worship Night on that Saturday night? Really, really cool. I have to, I just have to tell you, I was also watching on the live stream and all y'all that were in the front row brought the heat. And I'm just so thankful for all of you. I feel like Thursday warmed you up a little bit. That was really fun. Um, so we had the worship night. We had Palm Sunday. You can see some photos from the worship night. I love that Pastor Mike used photos of the Revive Worship in the Round at like this all church Hope Worship Night. That was just very cool and special. Monday, Thursday services were really great. I was feeling better enough to preach on Good Friday. We talk about the seven last words of Jesus on the cross on Good Friday, and I got to be one of the seven preachers talking about those seven last words. And it's one of my all-time favorite services, not because I like to celebrate death (laughs) or like revel in the darkness, because it is a dark service when you pause and remember not only what Jesus has done, but feel like you're kind of at God's funeral. And what does that mean if I'm at a funeral for God? Like, aren't God's like just in general, aren't gods and deities immortal? Like what does it mean for a God to die? Really, really special because this God died for you and for me so that death could not keep us away from God any longer. Um, And then we get to Easter, which is just a really phenomenal, phenomenal celebration of Jesus defeat of death. And also on Easter Sunday, we launched a a new Hope local site in Omaha, and there were almost 100 people there. So just so exciting. If you have any new, yeah, praise God. If you have friends in Omaha and they're looking for a church home, like if they've got a church home, they can stay at that church home. Like we're all on the same team here. We don't need to tell people to move from one church to another. Where they're at is really great. But if you, if you have any people in Omaha that don't have a church home, we'd love to have you tell them about the Hope Local site there. And one of the stories that I wanted to share from this really big week is uh, Pastor Jeremy has a son whose name is Trey. And Trey is as old as Revive is. They were born on the same week, Revive and Trey. Um, and so Trey invited a friend to come to church with him during Holy Week, and it just so worked out that this friend could, these are like 11-year-old boys, the friend could come on Good Friday, and that he's never been to church before. So they were like, okay, well, Good Friday is a little bit different. <laughs> it's not like a normal church service. It's, it's still really good. It's going to be a good experience, and this kid's like, okay. And so he came to Good Friday, really loved it, and then um, Trey was like, well, why don't you come back? We're having Easter services this weekend. And his friend said, what's Easter? And so Trey got to share with him about what Easter is and about Jesus. And uh, he came, um, well, I can't remember if they came or if the family just watched on the live stream. Uh, But just a really cool story of what it looks like when you invite people to come uh, to, I think, a really phenomenal experience. So really good things to celebrate. So I wanted to celebrate Holy Week, and we're just going to keep celebrating things. We have a lot to celebrate, and I haven't gotten to preach in several weeks, so we're just gonna keep, I'm just going to keep talking. This is, now, this is by no means the biggest thing, but I think this is one of the coolest things. If you were here for Easter services, you heard this update. If you were not here for Easter services, I get to tell you that our Lent project um, here at Hope, this Lenten season, the 40 days leading up to Easter, we were um, gathering donations, financial donations. 100% of the donations go to our mission partner, Convoy of Hope, and they don't take any overhead costs out of what the donations are. 100% of the donations through Convoy of Hope got to go to uh, the people who are 
in Ukraine or fleeing from Ukraine. And the dollar amount was the first time for us here at Hope, $1.1 million. Yeah. This, this church, this community blows me away. And when I say this church donated $1.1 million, I don't mean like Lutheran Church of Hope's staff donated. I mean you, like the people that you are sitting among, the people that gather here on weekends, the people that gather at Hope local sites, the people that gather across um, our campuses. Together, this is what this body of Christ was able to do when we came together. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I think about the dollar amount that I can donate, doesn't really feel like it would do very much. But look at what happens when we come together as people of faith and say, there is a need and how can we help? There's, there's somebody struggling and I could do something about it together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. So really cool, $1.1 million. I think our record was like $700,000. So they just, just bonkers, just bonkers. Man, drying my vocal cords out. I'm so excited about it. Okay, and then our last thing that we're celebrating that I'm very excited about is, and a lot of you know this is um, coming, we have had this logo for the last seven years, and it has lived a really good life. Like, it is just, it's been a really good logo, but we've been teasing that a new logo would be on its way. Um, I have loved this logo, but recently I was talking to one of the people on our production team, and they were like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like got a Seattle rainy day vibe going on, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it kind of does. And I feel like it's been a good logo, and it has meant some really beautiful things for us, but it has time um, in a new season for a fresh new logo, something that's a little bit more fun, something that's a little bit happier, uh, something that just really feels like it is modern and timeless and fits where we're at right now. So um, I'm really excited. Blake is the designer here at Lutheran Church of Hope, and she designed it, and she's here tonight, so you could all just say thanks, Blake. Yep. Um, also, our production team has a really fun way that they want to debut our new logo. So without further ado, our new logo. no means is this the most special announcement tonight, but it just certainly is the most fun. <laughs> I'm so pleased. I feel like, so here's the fun thing about this logo. This is one version or one expression of the logo. You'll see the R in the circle. We've got our campus name on the top left. Um, we've got our young adult ministry on the bottom right. We still have, um, we used to have triangles in our logo. We still have three kind of like chevrons. Revive has, as a word means to be brought from dead to life or to be raised again. I always feel raised again after I leave here. I always feel refre refreshed. I feel lifted. So we still wanted to have a sense of that. There's three of them for the Trinity. Um, so there's still, and it's a nice little like nod to our logo. We also have a bit of a different look. So this look will be used in some ways. And then we have a library of different backgrounds that we can choose from. And so this will also be an expression of our Revive logo that you see. And then actually, just because I think this is fun, there's like a whole look. There is a whole look that you'll be able to see in different ways. So I'm really excited about our new logo. If you're brand new and you have no attachment to the older new logo, thank you for just being here for this party. <laughs> this is just really fun. Um, so can we praise God for all of these really incredible things that are happening? God. 
was so good. It's so good. And what better week to start with 15 minutes of celebration than our first revive after Easter. Like there's just so much to celebrate and to be thankful for what God is doing around here. And I feel so thankful. So we're doing this brand new series after Easter called The Heart of Hope. Um, And as I mentioned before, I want you to know about Lutheran Church of Hope's heart. I want you to know who we are. I want you to know how much we love Jesus and want to point you to Jesus. But also when I think about Heart of Hope, there's so many things that happen in the world, especially as we are young adults. We're growing, um, you know, from adolescence into independence and becoming adults. And the world is a little bit more of a difficult place sometimes than we anticipated. So it's not just about the heart of Lutheran Church of Hope. What does it look like for us as people of God to consistently have a heart of hope that hopes in all things, that has faith through all things, that clings to Jesus when it doesn't even seem to make sense? What does it mean to have a heart of hope and a heart that is filled with hope? with the hope of Jesus Christ. So if this is, if those were the appetizers, now these are the entree. Um, And if you're looking for a slick and shiny church, like sometimes we are that, but not generally. (laughs) Normally what you'll find here, like yes, we have lights, and yes, we have an incredible hope worship team. Yes, we have videographers that fly in from halfway across the country to record this so that we can share it and hopefully invite more people to come. Like all those things are really cool. But our heart here is humble. Our heart here is for people. Our heart here is for Jesus. Our heart here is uh, that, that you would know our honest and humble and authentic hearts, that we are a grace-based church, that we are a mission-oriented church, as if you didn't get that from $1.1 million, um, given that we're a Holy Spirit-inspired church, that we love the Bible, and that we want to point you towards it in everything that we do. So yes, sometimes things are really shiny around here. My very first revive, I left and cried because I was so overwhelmed. Like, I hadn't been in a church setting that had colored lights in a hot minute, and I hadn't been in a church that had such talented vocalists in a hot minute. I don't, that sounded like a burn to the previous churches I'd been a part of. It wasn't. It just, it was like really overwhelming. Um, and I want you to know like, well, that is um, wh- how that presents on a Thursday night or on a weekend. Our heart is humble and authentic and we just want to point you to Jesus and introduce you to Jesus. And so here's a couple more things about that as we get into it. Um, when we talk about a heart, Many of you in this room right now are in the medical field, and I am not. I'm more into people than I was into, like, biology or numbers, and so I didn't go into medicine. I didn't go into, um, like, accounting or anything like that. Um, That would not have been a good thing for me or for anybody else who was being served by me. Uh, um, But the heart, from what I just know a little bit about it as an organ, has several functions. One of them is that a heart moves blood around the body via the circulation system. It gives oxygen. The blood carries oxygen to other parts of the body. It carries nutrients to other parts of the body. It helps um, get the, the blood to the kidneys, which help clean. Like the heart pumps a lot of things throughout the body. So there's this like circular nature of things coming in and going out. The heart also controls heart rate. It's a pacer for you. It's a pacer for our lives, for our bodies. And then the heart also maintains our blood pressure and the pressure that um, is is 
happening because of that circulatory thing. So what does it mean for us to have a heart of hope or to look at hope's heart? It's the thing that grounds us. It's the thing that paces us. It's the thing that carries the nutrients around and makes sure that the whole system is healthy and functioning and cleaning out the stuff that doesn't need to be there and getting oxygen um, to the other parts. Like the heart is really clearly very, very important. So what is the heart of hope? It also makes me think of like a compass. If you're out um, walking in the wilderness or hiking. I love hiking. I used to hike a lot more when I lived in Seattle. A compass is really important because it, it shows you where true north is. It doesn't show you how to get to where you want to go, but it shows you where north is and you can use that to navigate anywhere. Or I also think about um, an anchor. Like if you're going to be out at sea and you're going to throw an anchor down, the, the chain between the anchor that grounds you and the boat is going to have a little bit of looseness to it. So it might not always be completely taught. There's going to maybe be a little bit of give, but what's our chain? What's that thing that keeps us grounded so that we don't orbit too far out? What's the thing that keeps us where we need to be? And that um, is our mission and our vision and our values. And so in this series, we're going to look at our mission. We're going to look at our vision. Those are two things we're going to briefly look at tonight. And then the rest of this series is going to explore our core five values. And I'm really, really excited about it. I'm excited about it for a lot of reasons, but um, just sharing very personally. I haven't shared, I think, maybe a ton about this in a hot minute, but both of the churches that I grew up in when I was younger experienced really painful church splits. I don't know if you've been a part of a church that split, that had a, such a major disagreement about something that they decided that they were going to part ways, that they were no longer going to commune together, they were no longer going to fellowship together, that, that their issues were bigger than the God that they served. And so for me, as a young person, both of the churches that I was a part of being a part of church split. And then after college, when I was in Seattle doing ministry there, the church that I was a part of there didn't have a split, uh, but there were some really nasty things that happened. A pastor ended up resigning because of rumors that were being circulated about her. There was a lot of people who just really liked to be rumor mongers, and it was really heartbreaking for me. And I know a lot of people have been a part of churches like that and have said, you know what, that's it. I can't do this God thing. I can't do this church thing. I'm out. That hasn't been my route, but I completely understand where so many people come from when, when things just go so incredibly sideways. One of the things that I have found being here at Hope is that these, this mission, this vision, and these values keep us taught to the anchor of Jesus Christ in ways that have allowed us to navigate a lot of storms and a lot of mess and a lot of yuckiness with grace and with honesty and with authenticity, knowing that we don't always do everything right all the time, but we trust that Jesus will lead us and guide us always. And I just love these mission, vision, value statements so much because they've been able to keep this church this congregation um, in love, rooted in love, rooted in grace, rooted in authenticity, and um, gotten us to a place where we are better together. I also used to be, uh, because of the churches that I grew up in, was a lot more rigid about my faith than I am now, was a lot more legalistic about my faith than I am now. And so uh, in that way, also these mission and vision and values really speak to me because I see what happens um, when you don't when you don't do that. So um, I'm going to skip this verse and just keep going. So our mission here at Hope is to, and you can say it with me if you want, if you memorize it, you can close your eyes, or you can just read it off the screen if you want, pretend that you've already had it memorized. Our mission here at Hope is to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And 
the things that I love about this, well, there's a lot of things I love about it, and I could talk about this for a really long time. I'm just going to talk about it for a couple of minutes. The verbs in this really speak to me. When I was thinking about what about this mission statement I wanted to share with all of you as kind of a, an opener, but a DNA setting thing, the verbs are to reach out and to share. The verbs are not to reach out and to shame. The verbs are not to reach out and to guilt. The verbs are not to reach out and to picket or to hold signs that say God hates things. Um, Also, our mission isn't to close the doors and pretend, or our mission isn't to hunker down and just be silent about what we think because what we think is really important and people will come to us if they they need something. That the verbs really drive this, that our mission is to reach out to because we believe we have something worth inviting people here for. And yes, sometimes that involves fun lights and really cool worship nights, worship in the round, um, fun friends, good music, yes. But also to reach out and know that what we're inviting people to is fun because Jesus is fun, is meaningful because Jesus is meaningful and has eternal impact because Jesus has made an eternal impact on our lives. So to reach out to the world around us and to share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ, and all of those verbs point to the very last two words, that it's about Jesus. It's not about hope. It's not about any of our staff. It's not about any of our preferences. It's about who Jesus is and the overwhelming love of Jesus Christ. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that DNA um, in when we talk about our vision. And I'm going to have actually a special guest via video talk about our vision here in a moment. Um, but I just, I want to say that when I feel about what I feel about this mission and how special I, I feel this mission is, is just the church hurt that I know can come along with when we fail to do this, when we fail to reach out in love, when we fail to reach out, when we fail to be kind, when we fail to get things out of order and feel like right theology is the most important thing, or converting people is the most important thing, or saying the right things, not swearing, not drinking, whatever. When, when all of these things get out of order, there, is a, there are good orders for things that fall in under reaching out and sharing about the love of Jesus Christ, but we gotta keep first things first. And around here, Pastor Mike will say, we major in the majors and minor in the minors, and here we major in Jesus. So So that's our mission here at Hope, to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And then we have a vision statement, and the vision statement got reworked around our 25th birthday. And rather than me telling you about it, I want our senior leader of Lutheran Church of Hope, Pastor Mike Householder, to share um, about it with you. And he's not here tonight. He will be in two weeks, though. Uh, So that's very fun. Make sure you don't miss that date. But we've got about a five-minute clip from when he was debuting this. Normally, I wouldn't show you like a five-minute clip that's kind of long. But I feel like it's okay when it's Pastor Mike and he's sharing about our vision statement. So I encourage you to continue to listen for the DNA pieces that you've already heard me talking about as you hear him talk about our vision here at Hope. Take a look. Powered by the Spirit. Let's read that together. Everybody say, powered by the Spirit, whatever campus you're at. Powered by the Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says what I've already been preaching today, that it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit. It's a God thing. That's what makes this church go. Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus says, you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna ascend to heaven, the Holy Spirit's gonna descend upon you, you're gonna get power. He's gonna give you my power, is made perfect in your weakness. 
Zechariah 4 says, not by my might or my strength, but by your power, God, by your spirit. Powered by the spirit, not by us, but by the spirit. It's the only possible way any of the rest of this is going to happen because the rest of this is pretty big. Next part, powered by the spirit. Let's read this together. Next line to bring Christ to all cultures. Well, that's hard. (laughs) That's going to be difficult. Matthew 28, verse 16, though, gives us no other choice. Jesus says his great commission, go and make disciples of your nation. Oh, wait, that's not what he said. Do I have a Bible reader? Go and make disciples of all nations. We don't get to vote on that. Not if we're going to be faithful to the call. It isn't just about the United States of America. It is. But it's about all nations. It isn't just about my culture or your culture, whatever that might be, or our culture, if some of us share the same culture. It's about all, all cultures, multicultural, multinational, multi-ethnic, that we will, powered by the Spirit, bring Christ to all nations. First Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul says, I'll do anything for the sake of the gospel. I'll become all things to all people so that I can win some to this salvation, the string that goes on forever and ever. Galatians 3.28 says, In Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, neither male nor female, but we are all one in Jesus Christ. Only Christ has the power to make us one. So powered by the Spirit to bring Christ to all cultures. Next line, let's read this together. Revive the world with God's love. Almost every church talks about revival, prays for revival, longs for revival. And we're not the only ones who add this phrase at the end, but this is the most important part of this line. It's with God's love. Revival doesn't happen without repentance. Repentance doesn't happen without love. And that's the part too many Christians are missing in this country today. They believe repentance is going to happen by slamming people, by condemning people, by shaming people. But that's not what the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, it's your kindness, Lord, that leads to repentance. It's your love, God, that changes people's hearts. How many people have you led to Christ by shaming them? How many people have you led to have that circle of a string that goes on forever and ever? How many people have you successfully shared the gospel with because you used guilt on them or or a self-condemning kind of self-righteous attitude and approach? It never works. But love always does. Love is the only force powerful enough to lead to repentance, to lead people to, to, to change. So we come alongside of people who are wandering and lost, just like we all are in different ways. And we actually love them. Romans 12 says, don't just say you love people, but really love them. Really, truly ask God to give you a heart of love for people that the world says should be your enemy. Really love them and build up a relationship of trust with them. Now you have an opportunity because at some point they'll say, wow, most Christians just condemn me. Most Christians just want to shame me. What is it about you? Well, we're a Romans 2-4 church. We're a kindness leads to repentance church because the Bible told us that that's true. John 13, Jesus says, this is how you'd fulfill all of the laws of the Bible. Love one another the way I've loved you. By this, the world will know. The world will not know you're my disciples by your self-righteous, moralistic attitudes. The world will know you're my disciples, my followers, by your love because you'll love people who aren't loved by anybody else. You'll make friends with people when the world says you shouldn't be friends with those people. You'll reach out to people the world says you should stay away. 
empowered by the Spirit to bring Christ to all cultures, revive the world with God's love, because God's love is the only thing that can change the world. Let's read this together and make heaven more crowded. Revelation 7, 9, to me, is the most hopeful verse in the whole Bible. Jesus gives a vision to an angel who gives it to the prophet John, who writes it down. And Jesus says, behold, I see in the kingdom of heaven a vast number of people who will be there in heaven for eternity, a number of people that is, Revelation 7, verse 9, too many people to count. Nobody could count this many people. It's too big of a crowd. There's no way, even with all the calculators and computers, there's no way you could figure out how many people are in the kingdom of heaven because it's such a vast crowd. That to me is the most hopeful verse in the Bible because it says it is God's heart that everyone would be saved, which the Bible also says. And now God gives that mission to us, his church. Go and tell them this good news. Jesus says in Luke 14, I want my banquet table in heaven to be full. I want it to be packed full. Uh, John 3.16 says, for God so loved just a few people, just the church. No, for God so loved the whole world. For God so loved the whole world. Go out and tell the world. Underneath that vision, we have 10 goals. Let's read the vision together at all campuses. Powered by the Spirit to bring Christ to all cultures, revive the world with God's love, and make heaven more crowded, to be about things that are on the mark but are gonna last forever too. Doesn't feel like a five minute long video, does it? Uh, here's my favorite part about our vision, shamelessly, it has the word revive in it, and I just think that's so fun, yeah. yeah. But our vision keeps us on course. Our mission keeps us on course. Uh, production number three for just a little bit of a loop. Will you go back to like slide 11? I skipped it. It has a Bible verse on it from the book of Acts. Um, this verse, thank you, that was very fast. This verse really um, spoke to me this week when I was looking at our Bible reading. This is the last words of Jesus before he exited the earth. This is after resurrection. So here we are, first Thursday post-Easter. Easter is when Jesus is resurrected by the power of the Father through the power of the Spirit in the power of the Son. And so what does Jesus say before he leaves? What are his last parting words? Sometimes I get really hung up on like, Again, like when, you're think when I'm thinking about our Lent mission project, I don't have very much to give. Like what can I offer? But when we do this together, look what happens. That same thought applies to these last words of Jesus. When I think about our mission and loving people, like yes, I, I try to be really loving, but sometimes I'm not very loving in my mind, right? <laughs> Somebody cuts me off in traffic and like, oh, is not my first uh, response. <laughs> oh, bless, bless you. <laughs> I need help. I, I need a lot of help. <laughs> I need a lot of help. But Jesus gives us this word of help as parting words because we don't do this alone and Jesus isn't asking us to do this alone. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, but also like in your home city, in the big city, but also throughout the countryside, in the other country just near to us in Samaria where the people exist that you don't like and you've been culturally trained to not like, but then it doesn't stop there. It's not just our neighborhood, our city, our area, and then the neighboring areas. And then Jesus continues, you will, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. 
You will be my witnesses everywhere. Like there's no social media in this time. The telephone didn't exist. I don't know if they had, they probably had carrier pigeons and things like that, right? But like thinking about to the ends of the earth, man, but where are we? We are on a different continent. We are in a Western culture. We are in the year 2022, which is 2022 years after the birth of the man who's saying these things. But it's still true. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, which then happened to the people of God just shortly thereafter at Pentecost. And you'll be my witnesses and you'll tell people about me everywhere. This is our mission statement. This is our vision statement here at Hope. We reach out and we do it in love. Uh, Hope does not spend any money on advertising. That's my favorite little like hot pieces about hope. (laughs) We don't spend any money on advertising that hope has grown purely because people invited other people to come and see and to come be a part of it, to come meet Jesus, to come have some fun. We have an all-out party for VBS. We have an all-out party at Easter. We have an all-out party at Christmas and so many other times throughout the year. Just come and see, see this Jesus, see this community that loves so well. Okay, let's go back to the very, very end. (laughs) Thank you. Um, If you can help me out on the slides. It's about love. It's about love. And so when, you know, we celebrate all of these things at the beginning of this service, we celebrate worship in the round. We celebrate Holy Week services with a really killer worship night kicking everything off with all these other special worship services. We celebrate $1.1 million to Convoy of Hope for the people of Ukraine. We bag, well, we're not bagging meals, but we're like affixing the labels on the bags that will have meals go in them and they will go to Ukraine. We talk about that. We do a new logo refresh. We do all these things that we advertised in announcements at the very beginning like Alpha and Hope Groups and the Chosen Group. We do all of that because we love Jesus and we want other people to love Jesus too because Jesus' love changes lives. Jesus' love has changed my life. If you're here, I think there's probably something about Jesus' love that has gotten into you that you're curious about or you've seen this love um, change your life as well. There's this beautiful, very short verse in 2 Corinthians. says, Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us. That's what it is. It's not rage. It's it's not anger. It's not a burning desire to tell people how terrible they are and how badly they need Jesus. It's love. It's Christ's love that compels us. And so as we close tonight, I invite you to consider what about this mission, mission and vision excite you? Like what about it stirs in you and you're like, man, that's just really cool. That's exciting. Not because it's about the mission and vision, but because it's about Jesus. It's about God, the Father who loves you. It's because of God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, moving in and around us. What is it about this mission and vision that stir you to excitement? So that's the first thing I invite you to consider. And then the second thing is, what about this mission and and man, I cannot say those words tonight, mission and vision. Um, What about those are challenging to you? What about them make you, you feel like it's pushing you out of your comfort zone a little bit? Like, is it the reaching out part? Is it the sharing part? Is it the Holy Spirit part? Is it, like, what about it is a challenge to you? And so I'm just going to give you a moment of prayer to just sit with those two things of what is exciting to you and what is challenging to you, and to just, in the quietness of your heart, to have a conversation with God, if that's something you're comfortable with, in the quietness of your heart, to just ask God, God, what about this do I feel drawn into? How are you calling me to be a fur- 
to, to further the mission of what we're about here? How do you, how do you see me, God, as a part of this mission and vision? Where, where is my unique place in this? That's, that's the first question. And God, when I think about this challenging part, what do you want to say to me about this challenge? What is the invitation that, the thing that you want me to, to kind of poke around in and get curious about with this challenging thing? So take a moment, Isaac's going to play, to just have a moment with you and God to be still. Maybe this is the, the first moment in your day that you've just sat and taken some deep breaths and been still to have a moment of prayer between you and God about love, about this mission and this vision. Take a moment and I'll wrap us up at the end. we thank you that you call us yours. We thank you that you love us deeply. We thank you that you see us and that you have in the design of us, you have something in mind for us to do. You have uniquely called, equipped, and prepared us for this exact moment. God, when you made us, you knew we'd be sitting here right now on this Thursday in April, 2022. God, we're not just a random drop in a bucket. We're not just a random human that just kind of spontaneously arrived here somehow. God, you, you have a place for us in what you're doing in the world. You have a place for us as a part of a mission to reach out and share about your love. You have a, a part for us to play in the vision of being powered by your spirit to bring Christ everywhere we go, to revive this world with your love and to make heaven more crowded. So God, wherever it is that you're calling us this evening, this weekend, this next week, maybe it's in our jobs, maybe it's in our apartment buildings, maybe it's in our friendships, maybe it's in our families, maybe it's with our coworkers, maybe it's with someone on a team that we're on. God, how are you calling us to be a part of the thing that you're doing that is so much bigger than who we are in this world? Would you give us the courage would you give us the power? Would you give us the eyes to see what you're calling us to do and to be? And would you give us eyes to see so that we can celebrate how cool it is to be a part of the thing that you're doing around us? God, help us to be more loving. Help the city of Des Moines and the cities of Iowa City where Revive is streaming right now and other places where Revive exists and where the churches exist. God, help Help these cities and these towns and these places to be different because of the way that we understand we are deeply loved by you. 
God, we love you, and we lift all this up to you. In Jesus' name, and all God's kids said, amen. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.